And once again, we are joined by Zach Partridge for Fight Week, Fierce Fighting Championship 25 going down at the Maverick Center this upcoming week. Zach, an unbelievable card once again. Hats off to you again, my friend. Uh, just a really, really good card from top to bottom. Four titles on the line as well. When you look at this card, what are some of the main things that you're looking forward to specifically? Well, first, I got to give a shout out to uh, Steve Urgel on this card. He helped me quite a bit. Uh, he helps with the matchmaking, so I don't want to take all the credit. But um, Steve, Steve, uh, Steve helped me uh, out quite a bit on this card. Um, we are really excited and really proud of this card. Um, I feel like. Uh, I feel like things are just getting, you know, it, things are just getting better and better. And when you talk about things that stand out on this card, there, there's a lot of places that you can look. Um, but I, I, I think, I think the, I think the most anticipated fight of the night and the one that everybody's looking forward to the most, other than the main event would be uh Vili Kulu versus Shaylor Ladd. Um, Vili's just got a ton of momentum behind him right now and his camp literally said you know like give us anybody and we'll fight him and so we we went and got the the number one 205er in the west and, and probably the country he's eight and oh you know and we're, we're we're gonna we're we're gonna find out real quick let, let me put it this way i think everybody that's watched Kulu fight, believes in Kulu. We're going to make believers out of everybody else because win, lose, or draw, I think he will show that he belongs with the best 205ers in the country. Which is pretty insane to think about. I mean, you think of Shaler Ladd, the brother of Aspen Ladd, been around for a couple of years now, but has absolutely just risen the ranks at such a rapid pace. And so I'm super excited for that one, no doubt about it. We also have some really, really good fights on the prelims as well. Nate Reinhardt's going to be facing off against Dustin Larson. Dustin Larson, a debuter. Nate Reinhardt coming back after an 11-month layoff, was supposed to fight last month at Clearfield High School, unable to due to his opponent backing out. But uh, what are you looking forward to in that fight with Nate Reinhardt and Dustin Larson? Well, we know Nate's good. Uh, we, me and you have had private conversations about it. Um, Nate's more one of the more impressive debuters. He just happened to not get his hand raised in a fantastic debut fight with two debuters. Um, his game is so wild, uh, and his opponent has completely, from his first fight, <laughs> ghosted us. Like, not us, like, falling off the face of the earth. Like, um, And it was just such a crazy fight. But um, his opponent had such a great performance. I think sometimes when you see great performances, you forget it takes two for a great fight like that. And Nate showed... Um, an unbelievable amount of heart, skill, determination in that fight. Um, and it was, a, it was a really fantastic back-and-forth fight. So we know Nate's game, and uh, I think Dustin is as well. But you don't know with a debuter. You just don't know. And But coming from Extreme Couture, coming from the camp and, and with the people that he comes from, I'm fairly confident those two are going to kick off the night with an like an absolute electric fight. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, if you've been watching Fierce for the last couple of months, for the last year or so, you've seen almost every one of the local fighters that are going to be making this walk outside of the one I'm going to mention, Tyler Call facing off against Anthony Gillette. But I will say this, Tyler Call been around for quite some time. His opponent, Anthony Gillette, the teammate of Melody Schrock, if I'm correct there, right? Yep. And I mean, 
two two people who have been around for a while, two purple belts. Uh, Tyler Call been around the MMA game for a little bit longer than Anthony, but Anthony's been super active on the jiu-jitsu side. I think, I think it's going to be, um, I while Tyler has the experience in the cage advantage, um, I think it's going to be a very good test for him to see where his skill level stacks up. Like we we know the level of skill that Melody Shrocks displayed now in, in two fights, and I mean, all I heard leading up to her last fight was how good Bethany Silva was, and Bethany Silva was was is very good. But that just showed how good Melody is and how high level she is, right? And so if this is a training partner of hers, I, I don't expect anything less from Anthony. Um, uh, I'm very, very interested to, to see, uh, you know, Tyler. Tyler, I, I've watched Tyler a lot. Um, he's somebody, he's fought a teammate of mine. We fought on the same cards. There was even one time where I, I really thought he was going to be a potential opponent at one time. Um and uh, so I've studied Tyler a lot, and I I think that um, there's so many unknowns with Anthony. I think that it's 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 just going to be really interesting to see um, how their styles mesh. Really quick thing on Anthony Gillette: thirty six jujitsu matches over the last couple of years, twenty one submissions, twenty eight total wins. I mean, the guy's been super busy on that side, and we're going to talk a wow. whole lot more about that on the broadcast. But let's jump over to with a super heavyweight bout that we have on the prelims. We've got Trevor Golden versus Jake Sage. Trevor Golden, someone who was supposed to fight for us back in May of last year. He's finally on a card for us. I think he also helps out with the cages too, or with yeah. the cage on the fight nights. Is that correct? Yeah, Trevor. I mean, Trevor's part of the, the, the Fierce family. You know what I mean? Like, we're really excited to have um, him at the Maverick Center. It's been a goal of his for a while. Um, he looks like he's in phenomenal shape. If, I'm not mistaken. I, I believe he could have competed at heavyweight for this one. Um, I've, I've been very open and very honest that um, super heavyweight is not necessarily my favorite weight class um, to, to see on cards. But uh, I think this is unique from the standpoint of um, I think Trevor's, you're not going to just see, and I, and I say this respectfully, you're not going to just see two big out of shape guys going in there and, and, and uh, you know, having a, you know, slugfest or, or whatever. Like, um, I think Trevor's evolved a lot. He's had a lot of cage time and a lot of experience. And his opponent, Jake Sage, is is a legit um, purple belt in jujitsu. So I, I I think that there there's a lot of uh, skill that can be developed um, can be displayed um, in this fight. Unique for super heavyweights, and um, I, I'm. I'm I'm excited to uh, I, I I'm excited to see Trevor finally step in a fierce cage. I will say this: his opponent Jake Sage, coming out of Syndicate MMA down in Las Vegas, he has uh, a very impressive resume. The combined record—I don't have the exact stat in front of me right now, but I know it's a very very high, uh, a, a lot of wins with opponents that he's faced in the past. I mean, very very high level wins that he has garnered over his short career but he hasn't made the walk in about five years and so i'm very curious yeah. to see how jake sage comes in his comeback trevor been a little bit more active we'll see how he looks malachi novacell there's been a little bit of an opponent change just this last week so i know you know a lot about both of these fighters but specifically we want to know who's replacing adam avita so unfortunately adam avita was involved in an auto accident um that that took him out of this fight so you know we wish him a speedy recovery um 
you know, I, I hear all sorts of reasons why people pull out of fights and, and, uh, that's that, that one is about as, <laughs> as legit as it comes. I, I saw the totaled car. So, you know, we, first and foremost, we just want to wish Adam a speedy recovery and hopefully we can get him back out to Utah or potentially even Idaho to, to be on a fierce card again soon. Um, it, re replacing him is 18 year old, uh, uh, Ricky Lamone. Uh, Ricky moved here with his brother, um, who's also been fighting on the local MMA scene here in Utah. He's fought for some amateur titles. Um, Ricky is uh, 18, like I said, uh, just just led Granger football to the playoffs, um, set some records uh, as a quarterback, um, took fifth in state in wrestling. Um, kid's just a stud athlete, and he's game. And one thing that's really interesting, if you go YouTube Ricky, as we try to do some research on him, because it, it's a pretty unique situation where um, Ricky's making his MMA debut against somebody with eight fights. Um, but when you are inside two weeks, um, beggars can't be choosers. And Malachi wanted to stay on the card. So you got to find somebody, you know, preferably local, preferably that, um, you know, you know, will show up, right? Um, these short notice fights are really hard to fill. And, uh, you know, I, I called his uncle, uh, Connie Correa, and Connie's like, yeah, man, you know, if you need a short notice fill and you call the Hawaiians. And, and I mean, Rick, they, they didn't even hesitate. And uh, excuse me, I got distracted. But Ricky, uh, if you go YouTube him, you can see matches that he's been boxing and kickboxing since he was a child, like six, seven years old. So while he doesn't have any official sanctioned fights, like a lot of these young Hawaii fighters don't because um, most of the fights that happen on the island aren't sanctioned fight, he has a wealth of fight experience. This is not his first time in a cage. This is not his first time in a ring or anything in that type of setting. Um, he's a gamer. Like I said, wrestled, placed in state in wrestling uh, this year, he, you know, played football, uh, played in playoff football games. Like he, he's, uh, man, he's game as they come. And uh, I, I'm very, very interested in this matchup because Malachi Novosel is young with a ton of experience. Uh, well, we'll see. I'm just grateful for Ricky stepping up, and I know Malachi and his camp are as well. I do want to mention, we remember Ali Muhammad just a couple of months ago. He was another type of fighter who didn't have all of his fights on the books. I mean, similar to this situation, Ricky doesn't have all his fights on the book. But on top of that, he's also placed at state championship wrestling uh, tournaments and things like that. And so he's not new to this game. He is well aware of what he is getting himself into. And so yeah. I'm very excited to see how he yeah. looks. And, and, and I think it's pretty crazy. I mean, 18 years old, but the kid's still in high school. I mean, yeah. that's a pretty crazy situation. So I, I was talking to his dad, who, um, by the way, you know, they grew up, they're a fight family. They grew up, like I said, his older brother's fighting, is fighting in May. Um, he, he, his dad, uh, his dad trained with BJ Penn back in Hawaii, you know, and his dad, his, when his dad fought. So, I mean, they, they grew up around this sport and, uh, and Ricky did, but you know, I, I, I call his dad and I said, Hey, did he, did he get his contract? We need, we need fight pictures. And his dad goes, yeah, I'll get him to you when he gets home from school. And I was like, from school, like college? And he's like, no, he's still in high school. And I was like, oh, he's 18 and still in high school and making his MMA debut at the Maverick Center. Like, that's cool, man. Like, 
what a stud. Like, he's an athlete. I do think, though, one thing that's really interesting about this fight, um, Malachi is a very well-rounded fighter, but I've seen him grind out some wins using his wrestling. Well, if, I mean, Rick, Ricky, you know, placed in state, like, he knows what he's doing in the wrestling department, so I'm very interested to see Malachi's more MMA wrestling and MMA grappling, because it is different, versus Ricky's high school placing wrestling um, you know, I, I think that's interesting. Yeah, no, we can't wait for that one. But on top of that, another one that's right after that is Robert Vela versus Zach Hamilton. Zach Hamilton, we've seen him in the fierce cage a couple of times over the last year or so. We haven't seen Robert Vela before. And so I'm curious, how did you find Robert? And also, what are you looking forward to seeing the return of Zach Hamilton? Um, Robert is one of four now um, from um, MMA Gold in California, Northern California, in the Sacramento area, um, coming out and fighting on this card. And um, he's just, a, he, he's a, he's a game fighter. Uh, they very, they were potentially matched up to fight in March and it just, the things just didn't quite line up. So it just got pushed back to this card. Um, I'm excited. They're both, I would say they're both in a very similar situation. Um, active, young fighters, good records you know they're i but i think if i'm being candid whoever wins this fight would this will be the biggest win on each of their resumes um so i find these two competitors in in a very similar situation that both you know need need this win and uh and the winner of this would most likely um be right in line to contend for our 145 title. Zach Hamilton, five and two. Roberto Vela. I said Robert at the beginning. Roberto Vela, four and two. I cannot wait for that one. I think, I think he does go by Robert too. So oh, I okay. I, I just wanted to make sure, but let's jump over to someone who uh, we just recently talked to on the podcast. Andrew Boquette is facing off against Bradley Burston. Bradley Burston, he claims to be three and one. I believe he had one fight off of the books, but both fighters identical two and one records. I mean, this one is a specific one that I think fans are really looking forward to. I posted a poll just the other day and so many people are looking forward to the return of Andrew Boquette, his first fights in September of last year. Yeah. You know, um, this one's interesting because you know, I mean, just just ask Andrew. He he thinks he beats everybody, right? So Bradley should be no problem. But we all know with like heavyweights, it it just it just takes one. It it just takes one, and ev everything changes. And I'm really interested to see um, how Bradley comes in and reacts to. The crowd, the pop that Andrew's going to get. We know he sells a lot of tickets. He's kind of the, he's kind of the, uh, probably the, I mean, I think he's probably, it's fair to say, besides Ben Moa, I haven't been involved in a fear show that's had as many people there as when Andrew came and fought for us in September. And he, he said he's going to beat what he did last time, which that would be incredible. I mean, bring a crowd like that to come support you and the pop that he gets. Um, I don't think there's a just want to say it the correct way. When you talk the way that Andrew talks, you have to back it up. And some fighters they talk and they don't always back it up. I think 
Andrew is the type of guy that he thrives under that and he puts added pressure on himself by doing that. But I don't really feel like he feels that pressure or whatever. He just is that confident and has that much self-belief. So I, I'm very interested in that fight. This is another one where I think we see the winner of this fight fighting for our vacant um, amateur heavyweight title very soon. Well, I want to get as many belts in rotation as possible. We're going to talk about one of four belts coming up. Uh, The first one of the night, it's going to be Hannah Silva versus Kelly McKay, similar to Burston as well as Boquette, matching 4-0 records headed into this fight. McKay been off for a little bit longer. Hannah Silva been a little bit more active as of recent, but Kelly's also been super active on the jiu-jitsu side, similar to Anthony Gillette, who we talked about a little bit earlier. She's been winning some very high-level competitions. Yeah, I I mean, you know, the thing that interests me so much about this fight is, you know, Kelly comes from um, MMA gold, right? And Hannah cut a great little promo about, you know, you don't need to be a part of a big gym to win championships and and do that stuff. So we have the the girl that's kind of trains out of her garage, her garage with her boyfriend and her boyfriend's brother and get some work in with her sister at her gym a little bit. But, you know, she's she's very proud of basically being an independent fighter and um, and achieving what she has, which which is great. Then flip side, now we have a girl that's from a big gym. And when I say big gym, I mean, they have UFC fighters at that gym. They have PFL fighters at that gym. They, I mean, they they have top to bottom. It, it's, it's a huge gym. MMA Gold is a huge gym. So... Um, just that difference of where they're training and stuff. It's really fascinating to me. I think this is the first fight where, um, you know, Hannah's going to have to be careful on the ground. You know, Kelly's good. Hannah's had a distinct advantage. I feel like Um, she had a distinct advantage on her, uh, her last fight um, on the ground with Ludi. And she went right to it and 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 just made it happen really quick. Um, where you know Kel- Kelly's a very good jujitsu player in her own right. So I'm interested to see if they maybe stand or if they challenge each other in the jujitsu department and grapple. Kelly's first yes. fight at straw weight. Cannot wait for that one. Andrew Mickelson versus Roger Ashley. I mean, Andrew Mickelson has given us probably the most viral moment in Fierce Fighting Championship history. I mean, it got him on Pat McAfee's show. For goodness sake. <laughs> How much are you looking forward to this amateur belt championship or amateur championship as well? I apologize. Um, I kind of feel like this fight's one of the biggest one that's being overlooked on the card. Um, Roger actually is one of the most active guys around a legit brown belt in jujitsu. Um, just fought not too long ago and making the quick turnaround on this fight uh andrew is a guy that he'll fight anybody the they're both probably realistically welterweights that are just fighting at middleweight to not cut weight as amateurs actually walks below 185 in fact mickelson fought his last fight at 170 i think that's really interesting and i think that's something that's good for mma especially as amateurs is smaller weight cuts and fighting up a class to not put your body through that. And so that's why I applaud both these competitors in doing that. Um, I, I'm just very interested where this fight takes place. 
I think Roger's going to do everything he can to get it on the ground as quick as he can. And I'm very interested to see how Andrew's athleticism, strength, and just natural abilities um, can negate maybe some of those those threats. Or, or maybe Roger catches him. I don't know. It, it, I, I, it's, a, it's a very interesting fight that I think Andrew needs to be very calculated in his approach. I absolutely agree. And I do want to mention, I mean, the last time we saw Andrew Mickelson, he was in a grappling match with his last opponent. I mean, we saw him do something completely different from what we were accustomed to seeing him do. So that will be a very interesting matchup. The next one, we kind of already talked about it at the top of the show. We've got Viliami Kulu versus Shaler Ladd. Just really quickly, a couple of thoughts about it. I mean, I cannot wait for that fight. When it when you think of, you know, biggest fights of the night, Andrew Mickelson comes to mind alongside Roger Ashley, but this one does as well for me. I mean, it sticks out for me because I think this is just clear cut. Two two guys that very potentially um two guys that could to, that we'll see in big promotions sooner rather than later as pros. I mean, the, the, the trajectory that both of these guys are on is that exactly that. Like we, we know Shaler's pedigree and, and, and where he's going in the track, the fast track that he's on. Um, I, this is, this is, this is Vili's chance to, He's already shown Utah. This is his chance to, to, to show the country that he is a legit 205 prospect. And uh, I, I think he's every bit of that. And believe it, I've had some people, they, they can say whatever they want. I, I, I think this is a coin flip. I really do. I I know Shaler's accolades. I've, I've seen him fight in person. Um, I was there in person for his amateur debut fight. Um, fantastic fighter fantastic kid works hard does all the right things and um i think i think vili is going to show that he, he is on that level as well vili amikulu the number 16 light heavyweight on the west coast shaler lad the number one light heavyweight on the west coast when we're talking about amateurs talking about them as well i i really am interested to see because i don't know if we've ever seen a fighter this highly ranked among this broad of a region he's the number one in california number one in nevada number one on the west coast and so i don't know if we've ever seen a fighter this highly ranked headed into a fierce fighting championship fight that i can personally remember that we have called but that is one that i cannot wait for another one that i think you can't wait for as well madeline meacham versus katarina legoretta i i want to make sure i'm going to get that uh last name right on the broadcast but for right now i apologize if i mispronounce that but uh zach i know that this is one that that is specifically very important to you i mean yeah maddie's a teammate right love her like she's 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 uh one of my favorite people at the gym um yeah, I mean, I and and so I, I might be a little bit re more reserved um, on my opinions of it. Um, I have um, a lot of respect for Katarina making her pro debut against Maddie. Um, Maddie is zero and two, but she has shown in both of her fights she was on track to win both of them, and she's let it slip through her fingers. Uh, I'm interested to see that. Um, you know, like if anybody deserves a win, it's somebody like Maddie, but you know, life's not fair and sports isn't fair. And Katarina is not going to just lay over for her and Maddie wouldn't want her to lay over, you know, just, just it, it, I, I think this is sneaky, possibly one of the fight of the nights. 
Um, I know somebody that had, knows Katarina and said, you know, she's a really tough girl. And the first thing I said, well, if her best attribute is tough, I love Maddie's chances because I haven't met a tougher girl than Maddie uh, in the MMA world. Like she is tough as nails. She trains with big physical guys all the time. I've never heard her complain about it. I mean, so I think she does really well in these fights is big, large in part because of how she trains, who she trains with. Um, and then Katarina, like she's another girl from, um, you know, MMA gold and, you know, she's getting that high level training. So I, I think these girls could absolutely steal the show with everything that's on this card with the exciting pros that are on this card, the exciting one. I mean, I mean, Maddie was involved in probably the bloodiest female fight in fierce history or that I, since I've been around, um, I, I think these girls could put on a fight that could absolutely steal the show. Yeah. Katarina <laughs> making her pro debut against Maddie Meacham, both fought at a very, very high level at their amateur levels. Maddie Meacham getting uh, a three fight win streak to close out her amateur career. Katarina, I believe has contested for a couple of belts along time, uh, along her amateur career as well. Uh, let's head over to a couple of heavyweights. I know that there's a lot of people looking forward to one of the fighters in Fierce who has been super hot as of recent. That's Zeke Latu on a two-fight win streak, 2-0, and starting off his professional career. He's got a big step up in competition as he faces off against Darian Abbey. Well, I mean, I think this, I think this was the appropriate step for Zeke, right? He's He was 2-0 and against two guys with not winning records. So let's give him somebody that has a 500 record, but considerable step up in competition. Uh, Darian, with all due respect to Devontae Jones and Troy Fox, who both came and, and were very, very tough competitors. Um, but Darian Abbey's a different, different animal, trains at Killcliffe FC, formerly known as Sanford MMA in Florida. And um, he, you know, he, he, he's coming off a little bit of a layoff as well. And, uh, and I'm, I'm very interested to see how, how Zeke deals with it. I think, I think the one thing that's been really fun and Zeke showed it in his last fight is to show how he's evolved in his grappling and his wrestling. Um, Darian is a kickboxer stylistically. So I'm very interested to see if, if Zeke decides to engage in a boxing kickboxing match, keep it on the feet or utilize some of that wrestling and ground game that he's been working so hard on. We've seen him do a lot of both in the last couple of fights. Let's talk a little bit about Trevor Bradshaw versus Brian Neuro. Brian Neuro, submission underground vet, as well as a Bellator vet. I mean, he had a super hot start to his career. One loss in between seven years. Brian Neuro was really, I mean, taking the country by storm just a few years ago. Fallen on a couple of losses as of recent, but nonetheless, two very talented fighters. Trevor Bradshaw coming off of literally one of the most electric knockouts. It was one significant strike, and that's all it took for him to finish the show just a couple of months ago. So what are you looking forward to in this one? Um, the matchup, like, Brian is a, he's a problem on the ground. Brian Neuro is a problem on the ground. I think it's something where, um, you know, I think, I think on the feet, the fight favors Trevor. I think on the ground, the fight favors Brian. So it's really going to be a chess match of who can get the fight and keep the fight where they want it and where they're comfortable. Um, Trevor has absolute dynamite in his hands and I think is capable of knocking out just about anybody at 155. I think his only loss at 155 has come to Mitch Ramirez, if I'm not mistaken, um, which, you know, Mitch is 
pretty good, <laughs> pretty good. And, um, you know, uh, Brian, uh, Brian's been knocked out. So I, I think they each have a very equal path to victory. And I'm, I'm very excited for that co-main event. This is going to be a big step towards Trevor Bradshaw, who one of his goals is to become the fierce pro title lightweight champion. And, uh, this, he's going to need to beat somebody like Brian to get himself in that conversation. Let's talk a little bit about the top of the bill. The final two men making that walk. It's going to be Jerome Hatch and it's going to be Eric Wallin. A rematch, something something that we have seen before, but a lot of circumstances have changed over the year. Jerome Hatch has been on a beeline towards belts as of recent over at BYB, as well as now contesting for another one here in Salt Lake City. Eric Wallin, someone who did knock him out just a few years ago, but on top of that, hasn't been as active. But again, he does have the upper nod on him considering that they have fought in the past. Yeah, I mean, Eric retired. Basically, I, I don't think he announced his official retirement, but I think it was, it was, maybe, maybe I'm retired type thing. It's done some pro boxing, but you know, we have bare knuckle champ versus a boxing champ. Eric Wallin does hold a pro boxing title. Jerome obviously just won his bare knuckle boxing title. Um, Eric Wallin knocked out Jerome cold in 17 seconds at Showdown back in 2014, and it's a fight they both have always. Jerome's wanted back and Eric's obliged. And it's just the timing never has worked out. We're really grateful. I think this is a big fight for Utah MMA in the history of Utah MMA to have two vets and studs headline at the Maverick Center. I just, I, I think this is, um, and it's going to close out. I think this is going to be a great fight. And I think it's going to close out the show of a lot of finishes and a lot of excitement with, with a bang. I I don't love to make predictions. Um, I'm not sure who I think is going to win this fight, but I don't think it gets out of the first round. I just don't. To peel back the curtain a little bit, I was talking to Jason Laporte earlier today, and he told me that he thinks that this is the greatest card in Fierce history. I think it's right up there with January is one of the best. Four titles on the line. We absolutely cannot wait for it. Zach Partridge, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. We will see you all in just a couple of days at the Maverick Center. Doors open at 5. The show starts at six and uh, there are so many interesting matchups to be figured out here in the next couple of hours in, in the next couple of days. Zach, thanks so much for joining us, man. Thank you.